In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. There are seven deadly sins. Greed. Gluttony. Lust. Uh... <laughs> Wrath. Wrath. Envy. Envy. Uh, uh... Did you say gluttony? What do I got? You're obsessed with yourself, your looks. Oh, vanity. Vanity. But not that. It's another word for vanity. Avarice. Avarice. I could look them up, but... I'm sorry, is Morgan Freeman in the room right now? Morgan Freeman is not in the room. It's me, Carla. It's Craig. <laughs> it's Craig. Welcome to Craig's List, episode six, number 95. We're going to talk about the movie Seven today. Awesome. And uh, for the first time ever on this podcast, we're lucky to have a guest. And- yes. The noises that you hear, mm. the crunching <laughs> and the fork hitting the plate. We provided pastries in exchange for this man's services today, and he's really enjoying these pastries. I'm a cheap date. <laughs> Please welcome Bob Dassey. Hey, happy to be here. Honored to be the first guest of the Craigslist. You are the perfect person to be the first guest uh, because... <laughs> who, who do you think would be the perfect first guest? <laughs> Question it at the end of the show, Carla, not at the beginning. All right, all right, keep going. Sorry to, to interrupt you, uh, host, host Craig. Because Chester. you're the man who married us. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. At our wedding ceremony, nearly four years ago to this day. So we are all three married. We are all three married because you married us. Part yes. of the contract means that I appear on podcasts sporadically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's LA, you know, things are crazy here. <laughs> and, uh, Bob, you were my frequent, uh, improv collaborator in yes. such groups as Quartet and Dasariski. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's great to have a good friend here to be our first guest Aww. on the show. Well, happy to be a good friend and happy to be here. And I also thought this movie would be up your alley. I didn't know for sure if this was a movie that you liked, but uh, I know that you like them dark, <laughs> and they don't get much darker than uh, than seven. They don't. This was right up my alley. This was this uh, movie has a little special place in my um, deep dark heart, and uh, uh, I loved watching it again because. Um, I don't normally rewatch movies. I don't have time to like go back to movies and I, sure. And even when you're we're a doing ba- busy guy with a couple of kids, well, it's just like you know, my wife. Steph had no reason, uh, had no desire to watch Seven. She watched it before, but she's not. <laughs> That's as, like me. Yeah, she's not as dark. And so when we when we try to watch a movie together, we'll try to find something that's that we both like. So yeah. uh so this would but but this was nice and indulgent to go into uh, watch Seven again. Yeah, uh, can we real quickly, um, cause everybody knows what my favorite movie is. What's your favorite movie? When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> um, thank you. <laughs> I love that movie. Well, it's yeah, a great no, movie. It's great. As a matter of fact, it's that we use the element of, uh, yes, the, the uh, interviews in, uh, Weird Ass. It was part Weird of Weird Ass is, uh, Stephanie and Bob's two person improv show and they do documentary style interviews. Um, so what's your favorite movie, Bob? 
Well, I've got a couple. Okay. Because right? it's like asking me a favorite song. It's like there's so many categories, but I'll be brief. A couple that come to mind, the three that come to mind out of the gates. That's, that's more than a couple. I'm going to say three. Well, that's a nice sign. My kids. <laughs> He's allowed to have three. My, my, my kids is a couple, but I've always, I was raised with a couple was more, two or more. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything's so, got so a like loop. ten? Ten could be a couple? <laughs> I, well, a couple, a couple, a couple, a couple, a couple. Uh, all right. So, uh, how about this? A few, a few that come yes, to mind. Okay. Uh, the first one is right up, uh, uh, parallel with seven, and that's Jacob's Ladder. Okay. It's a very dark movie that I think is, is, uh, revealed, uh, multiple watches reveals multiple things. Tim Robbins having, uh, acid flashbacks, flashbacks mm-hmm. to the Vietnam War. Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely I've never surreal. Seen that. You've never it's, seen Jacob's Ladder? Nope. It's real good, but it's a mind fuck. It's a total mind fuck, and it's great. It's there's uh, there's very few movies that I can put in that same category. Okay. Uh, in fact, I search for movies like that, um, and Seven falls in that category. Um, then uh, uh, Raising Arizona uh, uh, is a, a comedy that I, I can watch again and again and again. I think we might be addressing that one a little later on Craigslist. Much oh. later. Maybe if I do good here, you'll have me back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We'll see. Jerry is still out. Uh, I'm throwing it out. I'm throwing it out just because uh, 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 another movie that I love is Planes, Planes Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah. Uh, it's another favorite comedy of mine that I can watch again and again. And then finally, the cr- movie that uh, Craig... So we're going four. A couple of four. Uh, look, there's no end to the end. Uh, the, 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 that's the thing is I hate to quantify. Like I can't just throw one down. Sure. All right? So the last movie that I will throw out there is a movie called Leolo that uh, Craig knows of. Uh, uh, and it's a, uh, it's a movie by a, uh, a French Canadian, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm rusty on the, on the details, but the point is that it's a Quebecois, Quebecois. Um, and it's a, a fantastic, very dark, very dark comedy. Uh, a lot of bodily movie. functions in that movie. Bodily functions. It's a, it's a coming of age movie uh and uh i like it so much i we considered naming my kid leolo but we thought that was too messed <laughs> up. it was too messed up leolo dassey yeah nobody <laughs> nobody wants a, nobody wants a leolo dassey running around <laughs> well uh listeners if you are not familiar with the movie seven uh first of all we should discuss whether the movie is called seven or c seven in because <laughs> sometimes it's sometimes that V is stylized as the number as seven, seven, which is weird. I think it's called seven. Okay, let's think, just say that. You think, think it's so? It's seven. not C seven in. I don't think so, but I I do. I can see why that would be a little confusing. Yeah, I think that's just like when the you know when a license plate has eight in it and then H A before it is like it's, or H before it. Hater. Hater. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it came out in the '90s, which was like a time when there was more than more more than enough of everything. So they were just giving you an extra option. We're, sure. We're in America. We, there's always more than enough of everything, <laughs> or in the states, I should say, because I don't want to generalize. This was the Clinton administration. <laughs> Things were booming. The first Clinton administration, I should say. Right. Wait, right? is there going to be a second? Am I right? There better be, right? Or all doomed. We're doomed either way. Let's not let's not get it. <laughs> 
this movie is about a. Uh, I've heard Dassey say we're doomed either way so many times <laughs> in our friendship. <laughs> he somehow finds a way to bring it up in every conversation. It's healthy. That's your philosophy of life, right? We're it's, doomed either way. But it, it's, 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 it, it is because it's, it's very, it's a very healthy way to go through life. If you, if you go, if you go through it thinking everything's going to be great, then you're going to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this movie is right up your alley. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's the feel good movie of the summer from what I remember. This movie is about a pair of detectives, uh, William Somerset and David Mills, played by uh, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt, respectively, uh, who are tracking a serial killer who is uh, offing people uh, based on the seven deadly sins. And uh, that's that's pretty much <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. Can we talk about the casting for a minute? Because the the, the casting is incredible, I think. And yes. with I looking at IMDb to see some of the other people who could have been in these roles, oh. like it could have gone wrong so many ways because yes. there are cliched elements to the story, but it's so elevated by the directing and the right and the uh, and the writing, but uh, especially the acting. I think. Well, it's totally with with right out of the gate with with uh, Morgan Freeman. You know, his last seven days of the job. I mean, that's that's right yeah. out of Cop Show One Hundred and One. Yeah. yeah. You could Going into retirement. Yes. Yeah. It's like, uh, nothing better happened on my last day. <laughs> right. Kind of right. Um, but, and then, but it, but this was, this was like the iconic movie that set him up to be the cliche afterwards. Right. Yeah. Because I agree. The, this was it, like, this was his, uh, what would you say? His pinnacle is, uh, his apex is, uh, it might be his best performance. Uh, and he's, he's given many of them. Yeah. But yeah, I, he's but, such like the paragon of decency. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Morgan Freeman has since like literally played God, you know, <laughs> yes. and, uh, it's funny that it ends on a Morgan Freeman voiceover because that's such a cliche at this point of like right. the Morgan Freeman voiceover that well, gives context to everything. And after this, so he went through a run where he played a detective following serial killers, right? Yeah, the Alex Cross movies. Yeah. yeah. With, uh, uh, Kiss the Girls. Kiss, Kiss the Girls and, and uh, the one with, uh, uh, what's her face? Judd. Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd. Yeah, right, right. Was that Kiss the Girls? I believe so, right? Yeah, let's say yes. Um, <laughs> but that this was the this was like the standard movie, right? This was like their. I liken it to um, when, when, when what year was this? Ninety five. Ninety five. Okay, so it, it was similar in in a, a genre, creating a genre of movie as uh, dare I'll say, like uh, uh, like Nirvana creating a genre of music, or at least popularizing a, a genre of music. Like this movie set the standard for. Cop movies and for uh, um, uh, for for um, uh, the atmosphere the, of the of the of the scene and whatnot. And the idea of the serial killer like leaving elaborate puzzles for the mm-hmm. the cops to figure yeah. out like it's been done so many times. Also, the since gruesomeness then. of it became oh, yeah. became a thing that other filmmakers <laughs> tried to copy. Right. This is like a direct descendant. Saw is a direct descendant yes, of exactly. this. It's like let's yeah. make it grosser. But I, this was before it got out of hand. Mm-hmm. I will say though that, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, I think, but I think so much of it, it it's actually not as graphic as you might think, as you might remember. <laughs> they rarely you know. show the actual body. Yeah. Right? They, glimpses. Know, fin- glimpses. Fincher gives you hints and glimpses and it's what's in your imagination. It's what he doesn't show you, you know, and it's how powerful our imagination is. And that's what makes this movie so horrifying and something that really Sticks with you. Yeah. Uh, Morgan Freeman's face at the end when he opens the box. <clears throat> it's everything that you ever need to <laughs> see. 
uh, to feel it? like you're going to have nightmares for years. It's like it's, an acting class, right? Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like a, it's why he's mm. he's so fantastic in it. And he's such a good listener. Like uh, just to watch him listen and just to see everything register uh, on his face, it's it's just devastating. And uh, mm. they they had talked to Al Pacino about playing Somerset. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, William Hurt was who the writer Im- originally envisioned. Oh, I could you know. see that. Mm. Yeah, but I I just can't it would imagine have anybody better than Morgan Freeman. Well, also, and I was role. thinking this watching this too, like how great it was that it's an African American guy who has like the high status in this mm-hmm. most of the time. You know, um, I mean, it really is in in a movie with Brad Pitt. You just even at this time, you would assume that Brad Pitt would be the main character, and really, it is Morgan Freeman's story ultimately. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's so cool. Yeah, I think. What do we think about Brad Pitt in this movie? Uh, this is my favorite Brad Pitt performance. This is the one movie I was never like, uh, into Brad Pitt, um, thinking he was a hottie. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I think in this movie. Oh, I think Carla's quotes might tell a different story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, but, but in this movie, I, when I saw this, I was like, oh, I get it. I get the Brad Pitt thing. Yeah. I would think I was 15 when I saw this. Good looking guy. He was also perfectly cast because he had uh i believe what i read is he came off of legend legends of the fall yes. and he wanted to do right. a movie with more substance or whatnot and so he he came like just um like a young buck and he was cast as a young buck and it was like just perfect captured his energy of the time of like mm-hmm. really wanting to make a big score and uh and it and it just worked so well with it, it, in contrast to Morgan Freeman's uh, um gravitas. Yeah. yeah. At one point they talked to Denzel Washington about playing the David Mills role. Oh, uh, interesting. Which would be interesting, but he's, you know, he's got gravitas himself. Yeah, like yeah. I, I can't see him being the hothead, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And then uh spoiler alerts, the serial killer John Doe played by Kevin Spacey. What? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Which is not revealed until about a half hour is left in the movie is the first time we actually see, yeah. really see his face, though there's a cameo appearance earlier when he plays, when he's the photographer getting the, the shot of, uh, Mills. Uh, and I guess they talked to Val Kilmer at one point about being oh. a serial killer, who's also a good actor, yeah. you know, mm. uh, but, why is Kevin Spacey the perfect guy for John Doe? This was the first Kevin Spacey performance I had seen because I hadn't seen Usual Suspects yet. I think I saw Usual Suspects after I saw this. What about The Ref? Isn't that one of your favorite movies? It is, but I saw it later. Okay. This movie sent me down a <laughs> Kevin Spacey. I love Kevin Spacey. Ton, uh, and you hadn't whatever. seen Glengarry oh. Glenn Ross when it came out? No. Okay. So this Another was the favorite first movie thing. in my mind. Mm-hmm. This was the fr- <laughs> Can I say it again? This was the first thing I had seen. But keep throwing movies at me just in case. <laughs> J-Pax. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was Pay like, who is this amazing actor? I robot. And I loved him so much. <laughs> and then I went Shipping and watched news. all of his movies, <laughs> including Heartburn. That's right. Remember? That's his very first movie, right? He, uh, robs Meryl Streep. He's the one who <laughs> really, yeah. I gotta see that again. Or, but, but I'm not yeah. a big Kevin Spacey fan anymore. So it was nice to like go back and watch this and remember what was so great about him when he first, you don't like the house cards. No. I don't care for it either, though. I watched the first two seasons. First two seasons, I, th- I like. But And he's so hammy in yeah. it. I feel like he's like... He's become the Al Pacino thing, where it's just like, <laughs> you don't believe anything that he... Or at least, I don't believe anything that he says. He's gone into a cliche at this point. He's he's doing the Kevin Spacey thing. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard for that not to happen to actors who become so iconic, you know? Yeah, you see uh, James uh, Edward Almos. 
Edward James Olmos? Yeah. That guy. <laughs> or James, James yeah. Edward Olmos. Almost, <laughs> He's almost my James Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Anyway, anytime I see him, I mean, if you've seen Battlestar Galactica, it's like, yeah. he, and, and, uh, what was his stand and deliver? He's kind of, the, sure. He's, he can't be more heavy. He's got a gravitas. Yeah. I, the, the weird thing is that Kevin Spacey was not really a big name when this movie came out. I no, mean, he, he was, wasn't. He was a recognizable actor. It's was uh, he? He was because he had done Glenn Gary. Uh, he was that had, Glenn Gary was before this. Glenn Gary was ninety two, I think. Oh wow. Uh, Usual Suspects was earlier this year, yeah, but it came out around I, the same that, time. that's kind of a movie that kind of like took on more of a life on home video. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it wasn't a, necessarily a big hit. You know, he ended up winning the Oscar for Usual Suspects. That year, but it wasn't like he was a star at that point, you know. So I don't understand why it was a big deal of just like he's not in the credits and you don't know the Kevin Spaces in the movie. I think they did that just so you to because uh, he, he insisted that there was no name that so you didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you because that was the that was the cool thing is we discovered the murderer as the discovered uh, yeah. the killer, and then you <laughs> see him shaved head. Looking like a homely little dude. Yeah. And that makes it even more horrifying because it's like, it's just a creepy anybody instead of uh, a big powerful dude. That cut from seeing the bloody fingerprints, uh, on the paper because he, you know, he shaves off his uh, fingerprints. So, yeah. you know, they can't track him. So just seeing that, that piece of paper of blood to him dipping the tea bag yeah. in the interrogation room, just, you know, with no expression on his face whatsoever is just one of the more, most chilling images yeah. of the movie. I me. love the choice. Uh, I'm assuming that the writer made too of, uh, not giving his character a past. Yeah. Like he is John Doe. They can't find any information about him. So there's yeah. no, so it doesn't t- send you down this road of like, well, he was abused when he was a kid or like justifying. There's no psychological the craziness of it yeah it's just like no it. this is pure evil he's just evil yeah i, I think that's so fascinating well, let's not jump to the evil thing <laughs> bob has a stirring defense for john Doe oh boy <laughs> i mean that's what morgan freeman says right he's not the devil he's just a man that's my Morgan Freeman impression. <laughs> That's nice. pretty good. Is Morgan Freeman th- in the room? <laughs> I think I'm still going to play Morgan Freeman when we do the scene later. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, if you need a backup. And it's interesting in that big scene in the car at the end as they're driving, you know, uh, through the to the desert. Um, it starts out with shots of John Doe. Uh, we're in the backseat with him, but then they start shooting him through the, uh, the grill of the uh, police car mm-hmm. and then they shoot, start shooting him through the rear view mirror and the grill. So yeah. like he gets progressively, the more they ask him questions, the further away he goes, like the more obscured his yeah, face yeah. is. You yeah. Know? That's just a great choice by Fincher, I think. Yeah. There's, there's so, there's some really great, uh, uh, directorial oh, choices in that so movie. Good. Uh, what about Gwyneth Paltrow, who plays, Gwyneth? uh, Gwy- Gwyneth Gwyneth Paltrow. Paltrow? What about Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> <laughs> I am not a Gwyneth fan. Mm-hmm. I don't really like her in anything ever. Really? Yeah. Shakespeare in uh, Love? I like that movie, but I don't think that she's that awesome in it. Okay. Um, and she won the, she did. She, she won, won the, the Academy Award. Ridiculous. Um, but she's great in this. Yeah. She's just, she does what she's supposed to do, which is just be very sweet. And you're just supposed to really love her. And then so that when she dies, you feel horrified. Well, spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers. You can't they, spoil they've had, a 22 almost year old 20 years. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was actually surprised rewatching it, how little she's really in it. You know, she has the one, 
uh, dinner scene where they invite Somerset over, and then she's got the longer scene with Somerset at the diner. She's two plot points, is what she is. She, the the first one, the dinner, gets them back to being a partnership. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And then the second one is her getting her point of view of how she hates the the city mm-hmm. and then we don't see her again and yeah. it's a brilliant writing and if, if we can talk the script screenplay for a minute it's a brilliant um hiding of what's going to happen well we see her one more time and but she doesn't say anything he just comes up behind her in bed and says i love you right or yeah. maybe she says i know something like that yeah some something very yeah very non-scenic yeah it's just, that, just, it's just like just a little a, glimpse of like oh she's they're so great it's it's yeah, and it's yeah. so great too how you know that there's two bodies left. There's, yeah, there's two, two things, things left, and so of course the whole time you're thinking, how is he going to kill these two detectives? Sure. These are the two bodies, and so it totally throws you off the trail. Yeah, it's so clever. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's it's right up there with uh, um, Usual Suspects and The Sixth Sense and any any. Fl- but it's not like it's not a crazy reveal. As it is a very uh, 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 structured uh, uh, surprise, yeah. and it's really delivered perfectly for a third act. You know, yeah. everything sums up in in his story. Hard to believe this is a studio movie because of how bleak the ending is. Yeah, you know? they so fought for it, right? They, they really fought. fought for it. The studio didn't. They shot other endings, I believe. Uh, but you know, the stars and the, the director really fought for it. And it's, it's the reason that this movie sticks in your head. You know, mm-hmm. you can't yeah. shake it because of that, you know? Yeah. And that's, like I said, there's not a lot of movies like that. I love, I mean, uh, I don't mind a dark ending as long as it's, you know, again, it, it's not, it's, there's a reason to it. It's like, it, it, it's conceptually the whole film comes together with his master plan mm-hmm. and it's executed, no pun intended, um, very, uh, very, nice. <laughs> it's executed very, with such a strength in the craft of his writing. Um, and, and, and I'm, I can't remember the writer's name. Uh, Andrew Kevin Walker. Who, uh, from what I read, uh, wrote this uh, in his response to hating living in New York City. New York City, uh, yeah. Which I thought was brilliant. Though the city of the movie is never defined. They shot it in Los Angeles. A lot of it is shot in downtown LA. So obviously the rain then is fake rain. Well, you get the sense that it's probably California when they go to the desert. Yeah, that's that's the big tip-off. They shot that in Lancaster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is in the Antelope Valley, a little north of LA. So I definitely saw this one in the theater when it came out. Me and too. I was in high school. Me too. And then I think I saw it once or twice in college, but I had not seen it since then. And so it was so great to, uh, go back and watch it as an adult because I had totally forgotten the whole point of the movie, which was the philo- philosophical differences between Mills and Somerset, where Mills is like this wide eyed, like, I'm going to make, ch- I'm going to change things. I'm going to help people. Yeah. And Somerset's just so, and so there's that great scene, which I totally forgot about at the very, uh, towards the end, right after they had just been, um, interrogating the people who were involved with the prostitute's death. They go to the bar and Somerset uh, talks about why he's leaving because it's just so terrible. Yeah, it's the <laughs> and worst. Everybody's apathetic and he is fine with the apathy. Hmm. And Brad Pitt's like, I can't be like that. And then at the end, 
you realize that Somerset was right and it's such a fucking depressing ending. <laughs> it's like, and I did not remember that. I only remember the gore and Kevin Spacey. And so going back and watching it and knowing that the true message of the movie is that yes, everything is terrible and we are all apathetic <laughs> kills me. There we go. It's so sad. It of course, fills Dad, me with joy. <laughs> it's like, there we go. Finally, my point of view. Well, that, that quote that they added at the end of the Ernest Hemingway quote where he's like, uh, Ernest Hemingway once said, the world is a beautiful place and worth fighting for, or something, right? Something yeah. Another. yeah. I agree with the second part. I agree part. with the second part. Oh. Uh, <laughs> now they made him, they made him tag that. They made that him in tag that, yeah. But that, on the screenplay, that quote is at the beginning of the screenplay. Interesting. Oh. So I think that that was always part of the film, but they just made him go, would you read that? And, but it wasn't, it, not the commentary of the, I believe in the second part. Yeah. Wait, who Hemingway made quote. them tag that? You mean the Studios, studio? Yeah. Okay. John Doe. <laughs> John Doe was like, this is the point to all these murders. <laughs> no, but the thing is, uh, the, 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 while you look at the philosophy as like everything's bleak and horrible, what I think is, um, it's, it's in this world where the world is still wild, no matter how civilized we are. That's why there's so much ridiculous shit going on in that this world of wild, um, random shit happening to go into it with Brad Pitt's optimism and hope, uh, is, is, is without any defensiveness, I think is you're leaving yourself vulnerable. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what I saw, uh, um, in that philosophy is like, you can't, um, it's not to be, not to be, uh, paranoid but to be you know just to be uh guarded guard some somewhat guarded uh in in a sense to 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 protect yourself because mm-hmm. this is a crazy place mm-hmm. <laughs> i guess i went a little further with what i thought <laughs> that's why i the carry this Glock. terrible <laughs> yeah bob we do a regular segment on this podcast called carla's quotes <gasps> and uh carla and i Watch the movie together, and these are actual things she said during uh, the screening of the movie. So, love it. You can feel free to uh, weigh in on these as yeah. well. But basically, uh, it's just making me sound dumb. Nope, no, these are it's in, entertainment. These are actual things you said. <laughs> at the beginning, uh, before we even meet Mills, there we see Somerset at a crime scene, and there's a dead body there. And Carla was immediately like, "Ah, oh, tell me when it's over." The whole movie. <laughs> Yeah, it starts right away. You have to close your eyes right away. Well, yeah, you're you're getting on the on ramp to a very bumpy ride. So, yeah, yeah. Lots okay. of watch this movie with a it. lot of my hands in front of my eyes. Hey, it, in all fairness, Steph would have said the same thing. She would have probably other. She probably would have said, "I'm going to bed." <laughs> Brad Pitt enters. Hello, handsome. <laughs> this is him in his prime. Oh my god, he is. He's like a, is. he's like a stallion walking in. Yeah. Like, look at that prized horse. What was the one where he played the Greek god? Oh, Troy. Yeah, I never got it. I didn't understand why he was supposed to be so handsome in that one. I think he's really handsome in this one. This one, he doesn't try to be handsome. He yeah. just is just rugged, <laughs> effortless. Uh, <laughs> early in their first conversation, there's something about getting kicked in the balls. Uh, do you remember that? And Carla's like, Oh yeah. Oh, he said, uh, because Morgan Freeman was giving him shit wondering why he moved there. And he's mm. like, can we just not like kick each other in the balls or something mm. like that? Yeah. And then, uh, you said, ah, oh, he kicked him in the balls with words. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the pen is mightier, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Gwyneth, <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow appears. Uh, Carla said, look at baby Gwynny. <laughs> <laughs> she was so young. She's like 23 in this. And they yeah. were dating at the time. I know. They were. Oh, how about it? And then they got her, and she got her head cut off. That was my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> they should have gotten married. They could have tried it for oh, all of us. Stop, please. <laughs> Morgan Freeman's on his period in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's the grumpiest. <laughs> but he got, warms up. He until warms he meets up. Gwyneth Paltrow. And He's got the like, weight of the yeah. world on his shoulders. He's just been through hell. Baby Gwynny pulls the humanity out of him. Again. Well, that, that is a great scene where... The trains are going by and he just starts laughing and he can't yeah. stop laughing. And yeah. you're like, Oh, good. <laughs> they can be friends. They need that. They need yeah. that. But I was going to say that, that, that John Doe pulls the humanity out of Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> pulls the humanity right off the top of her body. Uh, when they're at the gluttony crime scene and uh, they find the bucket and somebody says, What's in it? And Carla says, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't. And thinking about it now hurts my stomach. Do you know what it was? What's in the bucket? Yeah. What's in the bucket? What's in the Vomit. bucket? Vomit. Ooh. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, Bodily functions. <laughs> what do you expect to be in the bucket? <laughs> a cake? <laughs> bucket of water. What's in the bucket? Candy. There's candy. In the bucket. <laughs> Oh, he's a human I'll pinata. I'll take a twist. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I thought that was going to go dark. If there's anything with caramel, I'll have it. <laughs> um, when, uh, when Arlie Ermey, who plays the, uh, uh, their captain appears, uh, you said, this guy's a cowboy in a suit. <laughs> oh, he's the greatest. Uh, do you ever see, uh, Full Metal Jacket? Well, Full Metal Jacket. I did. I forgot. Because yeah, you thought he was more of a, a Western actor, but he's he's known for playing drill sergeant. Once he said drill sergeant, I was like, that's what I meant. He was yeah. he was a real drill, drill sergeant. I know, I remember uh, hearing and that. I, and of course, he's the voice of the sergeant in uh, the Toy Story movies too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little army men. <laughs> and since we kind of touched on Stanley Kubrick, I do want to say 2001 is one of my favorite movies. Okay, great. So there's five. <laughs> Five movies make a couple. Still have another thirty minutes. You can probably get a couple more in there. I'll squeeze a few more. I think uh, still around the time of the gluttony scene, you said this is a gross movie. I forgot. No, I remembered, which is why I'm not really watching it. <laughs> I did a lot of looking at the wall. Yeah, you looked away during some of the crime scenes, but I think uh, for the most part, you were pulled in to yeah. this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, when Arlie Ermey, uh, answers the phone, he's like, this is, this is not even my desk. Oh yeah. Uh, and Hank Carla goes. said, ha, ah, comic relief. That's <laughs> exactly what it was, right? It was. That was, cause there's like a tension, it's like, bring, and then my desk, click. Yeah. Like, there's no reason for that other than to make it's us great. chuckle. There's three real good jokes in it. That's one of them. <laughs> I know my favorite one. Uh, when he says the Marquis de Chardet. Oh yes. yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty good. And what's your favorite joke? Uh, the dog, yeah. the dead dog. I didn't do that. I didn't. Oh, do I that. didn't do that. Yes. <laughs> I, I wonder if Spacey improvised that. That was such a. Be- I, I'll look at the screenplay, but I, I think that's such a beautiful. Like there, what? Uh, there's a quote from somebody that says, uh, "You know, give him the bleakest, darkest, uh, horrible, but then for God's sake, tell him a joke." Yeah. Because you, know? you can only moment. take that with some. Even the darkest movies uh, need to have moments of comedy. 
in them, I think. And like that, that you, that's the right relief at the right time. Yeah. There's a scene in, uh, Jacob's Ladder, uh, where, um, he gets m- mugged by, uh, he gets thrown out of a car and mugged by Santa Claus and, and the doctor's like, well, who, who did this to you? And he goes, Santa Claus. And that's the funniest, funniest line. I'm immediately suspicious of a movie that takes itself so seriously that there's not a single joke. In oh it, yeah. That's just, know. yeah, it's glum. Uh, at one point, Mills says to Somerset, where are you headed? And Carla said, Gotham City. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been Gotham. Uh, it looked like it. Sure. Didn't it? Yeah. It looked like straight out of the Batman movies. <laughs> you said, Brad Pitt called Dante a faggot. Oh, <laughs> it's when he's upset in his car. Yeah. He's, uh, cause Somerset's giving him read. all this reading material. And he's like, That's right. Dante poetry. The F word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when, uh, when Somerset goes over to their house, they say that, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Brad Pitt are high school sweethearts. Uh, and you're like, he can't, you know, uh, <laughs> and that where you said, uh, yeah, except I'm like 10 years younger than him. I was 10 in high school. <laughs> and I was like, there's not 10 years difference between them. And you looked up and there was nine years difference. I knew between that. Between Brad and Gwyneth. Yeah. And yeah. I knew that because oh. I kept up on their relationship when they were together. <laughs> and I knew that he was an older man. Good job, Carla. Wow. You're welcome. Yeah, so that's why it wouldn't have worked out. I don't know. <laughs> this is also you in the, in the voice of the Gwyneth Paltrow character. I'm a lady and I'm afraid of guns. <laughs> Why did I say that? I think there's a thing where, where Somerset takes his gun off in, oh, in right. the apartment. Yeah, she's yeah. like, I still can't get used to him. It's so dumb. Well, it's just showing her vulnerability. <laughs> bless you, bless you, bless you. Bless you. Bless you. You allergic to a good time? Apparently. She doesn't like guns. <laughs> allergic I'm a to lady. guns. Uh, <laughs> when he's laughing about the, uh, the L going next to their house, uh, I think, uh, Brad Pitt says, laugh it up. And Carla added, fuzzball. <laughs> <laughs> Little Empire Strikes Back <laughs> reference there. <laughs> Morgan Freeman as Chewbacca. She- <laughs> I'm the co-pilot on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> uh, I will now shoot you with my crossbow. Um, <laughs> when she asks him what he wants to drink, he says, wine, please. And you said, because he's a classy guy. He doesn't read cliff notes. Oh, uh, 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 quickly, that's my favorite co- comedic moment. Did you catch it when, um, Brad Pitt gets him a glass of wine and it's a full glass? He brings him back a, a full glass of wine <laughs> oh. and Morgan Freeman takes it and doesn't notice it. And they're talking, talking, and then, uh, something happens and Morgan Freeman notices and goes like this. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't notice I didn't that, notice at, that all. at all. It's hilarious. It's, You're it's, a master of physical comedy, so of course you would notice. I, well, that. I saw him with the yeah. wine and I actually rewound it. I was like, what? Cause I missed it. I missed it. And then I was like, what, what? He's pouring a full glass of wine. Why is he doing that? And then oh. later Morgan sees it and he does a take. That's I rem- hilarious. I remember a Thanksgiving dinner at my aunt's house uh, when I was like 12 and she asked me to refill her wine and I didn't know you only <laughs> fill like a half a glass. So I did. I was like, I poured it all the way up to the brim, you know? Yeah. Like, you wouldn't like pour... Like you juice. Would, you're like, yeah. it's juice. You wouldn't pour a quarter glass of Coke. You That's know, right. like you fill it all the way Full up. I'm like, I had no idea. <laughs> And she drank it anyways. <laughs> Check out that scene if you if you. I will. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Funny. I did not know that. Uh, when he's doing the thing of like uh, yell fire, nobody answers to help. Uh, Carla said, "That's Gotham for you." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's uh, Gotham City. Uh, 
So John Doe uh, sneaks a picture of them uh, posing as a, a press photographer. Yeah. Um, and uh, so when Spacey takes his picture at that point in the movie, Carla says, you just killed your wife. What? <laughs> you what does that mean? You just killed your wife. Because <laughs> he got a picture of Mills. Now he knows who Mills oh, right. is. And well, no, because he said, uh, I'm going to sue you. And he was like, my name's Dave Mill. Like he gives oh, yeah, him he all gives this it, information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and I'm a tough cop. <laughs> yeah. It's I like, live oh. at 42 <laughs> <laughs> Clark so Lane. crazy. Come and get me. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> I remember being really surprised by that when I saw that the first time that that was the killer. So good. The most on the nose line of dialogue is when Somerset says, "You know, this isn't going to have a happy ending." <laughs> and Carla said, "It's like he's talking to the audience, <laughs> <laughs> just preparing you so you don't start vomiting in the theater." Uh, I love it. Hey, they, 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 they delivered. They promised and delivered. Yeah. Like, look, everybody, it's going to get dark, and it got dark. And then uh, you didn't say much for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Because oh, there's a lot going on. You, you got to pay attention. You were so pulled in. So they that's were... that's Carla's quotes for this week. Very nice. Yay. Some good Cheers. <laughs> what is the most uh, horrific or gross moment of this movie? Like, you mean what, what sin is yeah. the worst? I think the last one. The last one? Lust. Lust. Oh. oh, the last one. Just having to see the picture Ooh. of well, the Well, that's something where your imagination has to put together the pieces of information they're giving you. you yeah, know? to show you that thing. I think a lesser movie might show you the actual event or, or murder, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you, you don't know it's what's horrifying. happening. For, first, you're in the leather shop. You're talking to the guy who made the device. Mm -hmm. Then you, they're in the sex club or, or whatever it is, you know. Uh, it really the, – the guy who plays the uh, – the the guy Leland Orser is a fantastic character actor, so, and I really remembered him from this movie because he's so memorable in what's like a one minute long which, part. Which is the guy? He's the guy who, who ha has, has to, to murder the the prostitute. Oh, okay, yeah, that's how, that, that, that was yeah. hyperventilating. And yeah, all of it. yeah, yeah. It was pretty. Uh, was I've great. I've really liked him in everything that he's been in, but I remembered him from this movie because he's unforgettable. Do you remember the uh, quote from the guy um, that um, made the the, le the leather guy? When didn't Brad Pitt say he's like, do, do you like what you do you like what you see? He's like, nope, that's life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the guy who's like the bouncer at the. Uh, oh yeah, sex he's club. the one who yeah. like oh, sent good. them in there. Sorry. Yeah, uh, the the guy in the shop was like, they're like, why did you make this? He's like, I thought it was performance art. What? That's one of my favorite shots, though, of them in the uh, the adjacent interrogation rooms. There was yeah. kind, of a, kind of a pan past those two rooms. It's just a beautiful yeah. shot. And you can tell how after the after they're done interrogating, <clears throat> they have a shot where they do that, and uh, it you can just tell how beaten down they are and how they're like, <clears throat> this is the worst job they're in the not world. Closer. I think when the most horrifying moment for me, I think, is when sloth comes to life. Oh, yeah. When what they thought was a dead body is a yeah. guy who's still alive, like that is uh, that is another thing you just cannot shake. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's horrible. I mean, uh, gluttony is pretty nasty too. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, all, they're all they're all pretty terrible. They're all pretty extreme. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's kind of like a good blend of an art house movie and a B movie. In a way, because it's got like these mm -hmm. pulpy elements to it, but it's shot, uh, like an art house movie. It feels like a film noir to me. Would it be classified as one? Well, the, the, uh, again, from reading 
uh, trivias and whatnot. Um, they've shot the movie with a special uh, to make it dark and gritty. They didn't take the silver out. Yeah, and I don't know, understand how Sounds processing film works, but there was something where they did right. not remove the silver in the processing, uh, and so that that's why everything is darker. Makes it nice, a nice dark, and you know, nice blacks and whatnot. So it, I, I, I agree. It's like, and again, it, it, uh, it sits in the same world as Jacob's Ladder because it's, it's dark, and there's the thing that you that I loved about the screenplay is you're, you're guessing the whole time, and it isn't until the end that you catch up, mm-hmm. and it's, it, it, it tracks you the whole time, and you don't see it coming. Um, and that's what makes it, uh, uh, I think that's what stays with me is that it was, it's a, it's a fun ride the whole time. And know? it's a double whammy too at the end, because it's not just that her head is in the box, mm-hmm. but it's that you've forgotten that Brad Pitt doesn't know she was pregnant. Right. You totally forget that until okay. the moment when Kevin Spacey realizes oh, it. You didn't know. And then you're like, <laughs> Oh my God, of course, of course. It's, it's a perfect, it's just a, a like a, a screen, screenwriting, you know, one on one as far as like heightening that thing is like a reveal. And it's just really, it's just a, such a great, uh, uh, that ending, that, that trifecta of head in the box, she's pregnant and Morgan Freeman just being far enough away where he's running towards him yeah. to try to save his partner who's definitely not going to get out good on this. Yeah. Oh man. It's, I, I will, Say again of just like Morgan Freeman looking in the box yeah. and reacting to it and immediately like, uh, everybody stay away. John Doe's got the upper hand and you know, <laughs> yeah. just, just running he toward him. He understands exactly what the plan is now. Yeah. Side note, there's a song called, uh, by Laurie Carson called Head in a Box. I don't know if it's, if it's, uh, <laughs> if it's inspired by this, but it's a really uh, good song. Some, a couple friends last night were just telling me that there was a song. That was inspired by this. And they talk about Gwyneth Paltrow's head in the box <laughs> from the 90s. Interesting. <laughs> Is it the same thing? No. Uh, no, she's the song. has got the lyric, uh, I wish I had your head in a box. Uh. The one kind of traditional like cop movie thing is the chase scene when they go to John Doe's apartment yeah. and then he fires at them and then Brad Pitt is chasing him. Yeah. It's like, that is such a great action sequence. Yeah. They do. God, it's another example of how they throw you off the scent because Brad Pitt the whole time is like, this is bullshit. I can't believe we're doing this. Like, are you kidding me? Is this Cagney and Lacey? You know? And so you think like, <laughs> there's no way they're just wasting time. And then he's there and it's like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. it's so great. It shows, it does show that they've, the, you know, they're, they've actually, that's the one thing that they do active, you know, like they actually get somewhere. They yeah. found the place and then they, they bust into his place and, you know, learn so much about him. But then again, learn nothing about him. Right. There's one key exchange where, uh, Mills says, I'm sick of all this waiting and Somerset says, this is the job. Yeah. You yeah. know, and actually after the initial two murders, there's kind of like a long period of kind of tedium. Mm-hmm. In the movie, it's just like going to the library, looking things up, going over to Gwyneth Paltrow and having dinner, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. them waiting around doing, you know, really tedious stuff. You waiting know? for the uh, fingerprint <coughs> matches or was that the, that's what they were waiting yeah. for, right? Yeah. yeah. And they're sleeping on each other. And then, uh, you know, the rate of uh, editing and uh, different angles starts to pick up around that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so it kind of changes the style and the pacing uh, of the movie as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the other biggest surprise for me, and I forgot, again, rewatching it, is uh, as Mills and Somerset are walking into the police station after the Lust one, I think it was. And he's like, you know... 
um, this is going to turn out one of two ways. Uh, and then he's talking about, can I just stay on for a couple extra days and just kind of try to help you? Cause we might, we might not ever find him or whatever. And then Kevin Spacey walks out of the cab <laughs> oh, that's right. after they've just set up like, uh, it's, you know, this isn't going to end well. Yeah. We might not ever find him. Oh, and he, he walks into the fucking police station. Like, what I a know great you. surprise. <laughs> yeah. Detective. Oh, detective. Detective. Yeah. Detective. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so, he's so scary. You never scary. expect that to happen. You never expect him to just walk up and be like, here I am. Uh, and yeah, and it shows his master plan. And then when they're in the car driving, I know, uh, I don't know. Can we talk about that, that yeah. last scene? Um, the, the drive to that, um, th- the desert spot and all the suspense that they were building, but there's also a wonderful, um, uh, shift of, of, uh, status in yeah. that, in that car between them giving, you know, Brad Pitt ripping on John Doe and, and giving him a hard time and then, John Doe's flipping around and getting really angry and kind of putting it back in their face. And, uh, and then of course the end when the van pulls up and all that. Yeah. It's a fun, it's fun. See, I like that though. It's, it's fun. fun. It is. <laughs> You're a lunatic. Well, it's, it's fun. It's fun. And, and it, I can, I can separate myself that it's a movie and, and like that's, that's, that's why I like movies is because yeah. they pull me like, have you guys seen the intern? Robert De, Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Have you seen that? No. How are we going to connect these two things together? That's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was not fun. There was nothing fun in that movie. But clearly they're going for fun. Oh, they, I don't know what they were going for. Really? They I did not see it. going for, well, we in our, uh, in our, we were clicking around. There was, not, we, we couldn't, we couldn't decide what we wanted to watch. And so we just threw a, we just threw a Hail Mary and like, let's watch the intern. Um, and from, from the opening nonstop acoustic guitar chiming new age music through the whole goddamn movie to the fa- the last second of credits i hated it does he hate it does he end up getting the job the, the movie that the whole thing is about the him getting the job look you don't make me relive the movie <laughs> you brought it up man i brought it up just to say that that movie was no fun and yeah. i don't watch movies to not have fun sure and, and um so you like when, to be taken on a ride. You like to be taken yeah, on a journey. Yes, yeah, I want to be. It. I want to be held in a master's hands and then and then massage. Massage. <laughs> I want to be. I want my feet massaged. I want my head <laughs> massaged. I want everything. <laughs> I want to be thrown on a roller coaster. I want to be surprised. And and, and the antithesis of that is the intern. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, there's that uh, Roger Ebert quote when people you know uh, asked him. You know, how, how you can watch so many like dark and depressing movies as a critic, you know, mm-hmm. and he said, uh, no good movie is depressing and all bad movies are depressing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think that's the truth. That is the best. That is a great way because he's a lover of movies. You want to yeah. see movies and sure they make, they, of course they make you think and that one leaves you with a feeling. Seven leaves you with a feeling, but I would rather walk out of a movie with the feeling of seven than walk away from the way I felt after the watching <laughs> the intern. <laughs> uh, you know, what we didn't talk about yet is the opening credits. 
and yes. how that was kind of like that's the first time at least I remember seeing anything like that and now it's done all the time mostly on television yeah yeah you had asked if it was the guy who did True Blood and apparently it's not but the guy is Kyle Cooper and I this was as a movie fan I'm surprised I did not know his name because apparently he's the most famous title designer right now oh, wow. and he's done about 200 movies and TV shows and he's kind of the modern day Saul Bass Saul Bass is the guy who did a lot of the Hitchcock title sequences okay. and To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Uh, and he was re- and he did movie posters as well in the fifties and sixties. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the title sequence is amazing. Yes. Uh, apparently like those books, uh, that John Doe has that are just full of his thoughts, you know, they really wrote those out. They, wow. some, <laughs> the, yeah, some, the, the, art depart- the art department actually created those books. So they had all these things that are barely going to be seen in the it's movie. Amazing. And I guess Fincher wanted to do wow. a title sequence where, so, you know, you know, uh, having seen the movie before, when you watch that title sequence, it's like, Oh, this is John Doe. This is, this yeah. is him yeah. preparing all this stuff. You know, when you're watching the movie for the first time, you have no idea what the fuck you're seeing. Other than mm-hmm. the fact that it's disturbing and Nine Inch Nails, you know, closer is playing, you know. I love those details thing. in a movie. Like that, it was somebody's job, or maybe more than one person's job, to write those journals. Yeah, and you know, somebody mm-hmm. got paid to do. It's like the when we went to um, the the not Hobbiton, but the the Lord of the Rings place where they made make the special effects. Yeah, at Weta Studios. Yeah, that's what it was. And uh, I learned that it was somebody's job to um, put together the oh this the, the individual links of the chain the mail. Indi- yes, the individual yeah. links. Somebody did that by hand for months. For months. For every piece of armor that blows my mind. Oh, and just think how many they made of those. Yeah, and it took. Months and months, and it's heavy. It's if crazy. you're ever in Wellington, New Zealand, go to Weta Studios because yeah. it's an incredible tour, and wow. just to see all the artifacts uh, from all of those Lord of the Rings movies, and and they've done many other non-Hobbit movies right. as, as well. What's well, that? Those kind of touches with any movie that that make the whole experience that's much better. Yeah, uh, I mean, movies. I think Pixar does that really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just saw that uh, animated movie. Um, Oh, finding Dory. No, no, cuckoo. The Coraline people. Cuckoo and the two strings. No, it's not cuckoo and the two strings. Kudo and the two strings. Kudo and the two strings. Thank you. Kubo. 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 Kujo. Kubo. Kujo. Kudo. Anyway, the point is that at the end of it, they show they show how they did some of the stop motion animation. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's an incredible dedication to the craft, and and it shows in the movie. Totally. I don't know. It's just nice. Yeah, I feel like John Doe's apartment in this is just a masterpiece of uh, art yeah. decoration. I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, go to the bathroom. <laughs> you guys keep talking. Perfect. Uh, also, the we'll also cut, we'll cut this up. Also, each of the uh, um, <laughs> each of the uh, um, uh, what is it the uh, the the murder scenes uh, are all yes. done very craftily. <laughs> you, can, you can go there. You can go there. Either way. That's all right. Um, yeah, the the op- opening sequence and and I think I mentioned the uh, um, uh, end credits with uh, David Bowie's "Hearts of Filth," Heart, the "Hearts of Filthy Weapon." Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, "Hearts of Filthy Lesson." Uh, I went out and bought the his latest album, which was outside at the time, and uh, uh, it was it's it's a great album, and and that song fit that music. I mean, the music fit that film so. So it wasn't written perfectly. for the movie. 
you know, I don't know. I don't know what came first. Um, I don't know how that stuff works sometimes, but yeah. it was in his album. Hmm. And, uh, uh, and not to mention the credits rolling backwards up the way. It's right. just, it's the whole thing just keeps you, 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 the <laughs> keeps credits you rolling, off balance in yes, some way. The credits yeah. rolling up backwards is just the best way to end that thing is like, yeah, everything's upside down. My <laughs> fucking world just got turned upside down. Yeah. Uh, it's a great choice. It's the only way to do it. Uh, so yeah, Kyle Cooper is the title guy and I'll, I'll keep an eye out for him in in the future of like knowing that, uh, that he's so omnipresent. I guess he does all of the Marvel movies. Oh wow. All of those title sequences, which Which, are usually pretty memorable. Yeah. Usually the best thing about those Marvel movies. (laughs) (laughs) And he did, uh, walking dead and, uh, elementary and a bunch of TV shows as well. Well, yeah, it just, it just goes to show, um, in, in that, what some what some might not even think about like the opening credits and not to not to kick a dead horse but if i look at the intern it's just it's just guitar music with word with names coming up as the title pans across the city but here they took something and they made the the movie was you were set in an atmosphere from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie and that that's what that what that's what movie going uh, experiences do to me and again 2001 kubrick it's like that whole thing he starts with two minutes of of a sound um scape yeah um to set you up to be like hey everyone buckle up we're gonna go on a ride and that's when you feel like you're in good hands i feel like fincher is one of those directors who's like i'm gonna hire the best possible person for each job on this movie Same. somebody who's a, a craftsman you know uh and you can really tell social network he uses uh i don't know if he uses the same title guy but he uses uh trent reznor uh, doing music and, right. that, and that opening sequence is is really cool as well for, yeah. for a movie about computers man that's a that's a tough thing to do Here's one scene that for some reason, uh, stood out to me as like, I, I don't know what the purpose of this was. When Somerset's throwing his knife at the dartboard. Oh yeah. I know what it is. <laughs> What's it there for? It's because he uses the knife to open the box when he finds her head. Well, he, yeah, he uses so that have, knife the whole time. Yeah. We have to understand. He and cuts he, the back of the, uh, the picture when mm-hmm. they're in the grid. Yeah. Uh, and Brad Pitt even says, what is that? And he's like, it's a, switchblade like it's no big deal <laughs> i think it's it shows that that is a part of him because when, in the beginning of the movie when he when he takes the things off his dresser he takes his badge his gun and his knife uh there might be some of the keys or something i don't know but that knife is always with him and it's mm-hmm. uh, and it's been it's used all, all through the movie in ways that makes it it makes it a tool that is it's like useful yeah, it's like it's like this is a cop that knows he always needs this kind of tool because it comes in handy. And also he they make a point of having that scene where he says he's never used his gun. Right. Uh, that's right, yeah. So this is like his weapon of choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and the fact that he uses it for the the dartboard is uh, I think it's it's part of his you know, he uses the metronome as a way to, he's, he's trying to handle all the stress that's building up in him. Yeah. So him throwing, this is just his pastime. He's a guy that's alone in an apartment. You know, his bed is meticulously made. It's like, this is a guy that, you know, he doesn't do much. It seems like he gets the angriest there too. Like you feel his anger. Cause he pulled him back in. Yeah, <laughs> they did. 
Okay, Bob, we have another regular segment on this uh, show called Khaki Theater, mm-hmm. where oh. we uh, improvise our version of a famous scene from the movie. <laughs> okay. So uh, I think I'd like to do the scene with the detectives uh, and John Doe in the car driving okay. uh, on the way to the final scene. I will, of course, be playing the role of uh, Morgan Brad Freeman. Oh. <laughs> I will be Morgan Freeman. Uh, Carla, you will be... Brad Pitt. Okay. Carla claimed Brad Pitt. So, Bob, that means you're uh, John Doe, played by Kevin Spacey. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> Who are you, John? <laughs> Who are you, really? Uh, nobody. He's a freak. Are you a freak, John? I'm just doing the work. Oh, really? Oh, the work, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, what does it feel like to be so crazy that you're just alone in your house masturbating to all the shit in your room? You okay, freak. Let, you let, freak. Lay off of him a little bit. You want me to feel sorry for those people? Those depraved, horrible, filthy people? Those dregs of society? Those ugly, horrible, sick people? Well, I don't. I'm making a message. Oh, you, yeah? The message is what? Like, hey, I'm a crazy person. I'm a crazy person killing people. You might not be able to comprehend it, but you won't be able to deny it. Which way do I go from here, by the way? Oh, take a Louie here. Take a, <laughs> take a Louie? Okay. <laughs> so there's two sins left, John. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. There's a couple left. Envy and wrath. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I just remembered. I didn't check in with my wife this morning. Can we take? Can we stop for a second? I need sure. to make a phone call. We'll have to. I don't have a cell phone. Uh, can we? The get... cell phones are so newfangled. Can we? I don't trust that have a technology. You got a beeper. Can we get to our destination, please? I. Okay, I guess I, I have to focus you're, here. You're okay, s- yeah. Call your wife later, man. Yeah, do you get, let, let, yeah. Maybe she won't. Uh, let's not talk about her right She'll now. She'll be waiting at home for you. Let's don't do, worry. Come on. Don't, don't say her like you know who she is. I'm j- look, look. Don't spoil. I've been working for months, years on this. Don't pooch it now. How are we pooching it, John? Well, you just, you just look. Can we just drive in silence? Is there anything on the radio? Let's Ugh, see. God, I planned everything. I only have AM. I, I cut my fingertips off, guys. That's a really what a freak. Clearly, you're a dedicated yes, fellow. Yes, I am. Stop sucking up to him. It makes it sound like you like him. I don't like him. What are you doing? He admires me. I don't admire him. I'm fascinated by the study of his mind. Uh, all right. So tell us more about your mind. Where are you from, John? I'm from around. A place where you don't know and you've never been. You can't visit. There's no tickets Cleveland. to Cleveland. Huh? Wow. How'd you get there? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. And see. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. John Doe from Cleveland. From Cleveland. <laughs> that was good. Dassey, your voice is creepy. Yeah, that was, that was pretty damn good. I like that kind of a see, and that's the other thing about the bad guy is like uh, my dad once told me a long time ago. Like, if you ever want to get a, 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 a woman's attention, you don't. <laughs> you don't go. You kill her slowly over time. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> no, if you basically, if you want to get someone's attention, and and uh, I think uh, uh, this is echoed in in Godfather Three, possibly uh, <laughs> the best of all the Godfathers. <laughs> yes, the best, <laughs> the one that brings it all home. <laughs> no, he said like you know his all his friends would be like you know some this is a long time ago, so this was more acceptable back then when a woman would walk by, they'd be like woohoo yeah baby wahoo, and my dad, my dad would just go. And that would get, you know, some woman's attention. Meaning, <laughs> what are we talking about? What I'm saying is, if you want to get an attention, like the the these 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 guys, <laughs> the bad guys, that uh-huh. the bad guys that are the most uh, uh, terrifying are right. the ones that have a silence. the ones that go. Psst. Well, the ones that yeah, exactly. That there was nothing. There was nothing. Terrifying about, uh, uh, John Doe on the outside. It was just all very menacing in the fact that we knew so little about him. Mm-hmm. When and you how see, quiet he is. yeah, when you see the loud villains that are, um, or the bad guys that are just loud, they're going to fall. Yeah. And this guy was so much smarter than that. And I probably didn't need to connect them with, uh, with your dad, with my dad, but <laughs> it, it is valuable. And then the bad to the Godfather three part, I think he tells, well, yeah, he tells, uh, uh, Pacino tells, uh, uh, Andy Garcia is like, never let them know what you're thinking. When he blows up, it's like, you know, you know, you never let them, mm. never let the cat out of the bag. And it's a, it's a, it's a strategy that John Doe uses excellently. Uh, Meryl well. Streep in Devil Wants Prada, I read an interview with her where she purpose, she said she purposely made her very quiet. Yeah. Because she thought it was way more terrifying than if she was yelling. Oh, it Absolutely. Is. It like, is. that's the best kind of villain. The best kind of authority figure is the person who, like, they're not affected by you. They're cold. <laughs> Christopher Walken in... Uh, um, everything. In everything. But definitely in his monologue in, in, in Pulp Fiction, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also in um, the one before... True Romance. The, True Romance. Thank you. Yeah. True Romance, which is, is just a level... And uh, uh, Robert De Niro in Untouchables, like, you know, before mm-hmm. he bashes them over the head with a bat. Baseball. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> you don't see... It's like, uh-oh. This, it, it's menacing. And menace is so much more stressful and builds tension so much more than some yelling kn- right. knucklehead that's you know and that's superheroes i get you well Sometimes. uh <laughs> carla would you like to give a letter grade to yes seven? i will give this an a wow for oh. actually still really good <laughs> <laughs> actually still- <laughs> well would this be on your top 100 it would wow and I, I'd forgotten that because I this used to be one of my favorite movies when I was younger, or one that I would at least cite as like, "Hey, that's an excellent film, well-made mm. film." Not that not one that I would watch every day. Will you ever watch it again? <sighs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I can't watch the dark stuff too much because yeah. I, I just feel like it's too. When I was younger, I, and I didn't understand that things like this really happen. I could watch these things sure. now oh, that I'm an adult sweet. and I know that life is terrible. You know that there's serial killers everywhere, <laughs> yeah. leaving elaborate puzzles for the cops. Exactly. Yeah. I do watch more dark Pain. movies. Watch more dark movies. Watch less Facebook and news. Who who are you judging? I'm not judging. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that that's that's where we get all of our that's our news yeah. source. It comes in and it comes in in outrage and yeah. horrific. I've I've stuff sometimes comes home. Did you see the horrific thing? And I'm like, ah, don't tell me. I I don't yeah. want to know the horrific. Thing. Right, right. It's all horrific if we look at it. 
Yep. I actually was curious, uh, looking ahead on the list, like, wh- do I have anything else in this vein? And I, I think not really. I think this is probably the most disturbing movie really? on the top 100. Hmm. Um, and th- there's probably like eight or nine other movies that would be considered in that kind of realm, but I think mm-hmm. you, you probably just got through the worst. Though so there's one coming up in three episodes. Oh, great. That's, uh, that's probably equally disturbing, oh, uh, if not wait. more so. Uh, Bob, is this movie an A for you? I'm going to give it a five out of seven. <laughs> As for any internet geeks out there. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a out of the park. It's, 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 it's one of those rare movies that has, you know, it's not just a great screenplay. It's also great casting. It's a great director. And again, it's, it's, you know, it's atmospheric from beginning to end. So it, it is a movie that takes you somewhere. And if a movie takes you somewhere like that, I think it's, uh, that's a really great thing. It holds up really well. Oh yeah, it does hold. It doesn't feel dated at all. Uh, it's Except great. for the beepers. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess, yeah, the beeper. You got to look over that, you know. Bob, anything you want to plug? Plug? Ah, uh, you know, come on. Uh, <laughs> I do some shows. I'm doing some stuff here and there. Things happen. Look, got a couple kids. Got <laughs> get, get, get kids. Raising some kids. Most Thursdays at nine o'clock at iOS, you could see Bob and I either in the show quartet or in the show Dasariski. Sure. sure. Uh, any weird ass shows coming up? Uh, just at our house. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever get a chance to see Bob Dassey and Stephanie Weir improvise together in the show Weird Ass, uh, please do. It's fantastic. Just good luck because we don't do that at all. <clears throat> Thank you. Wow. Uh, we love to get uh, feedback on uh, Twitter. We are Craigslist PCAST. <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, on Twitter or, or search for Craigslist podcast and it, it will come up. So, you know, please let us know your thoughts on this and other episodes. Tweet us questions. And leave reviews on iTunes if you have a chance. Yeah. We do not have an official rating on iTunes yet. So, uh, you know, we're just a, a startup, you know, plucky podcast who's, you know, we do this independently. We're hoping to find. Uh, but I will say of, of all of the podcasts that are out there, this is one that has a, a really good hook on it as far as like, <laughs> I've known Craig for decades now, and and what I probably knew his about his lists right after I learned his last name, <laughs> uh, and um, it is it, it, it and, and what I've what I've come to discover is Craig and I veer off in many different ways on films that we enjoy, but I still like hearing some of those reasons. Though I, I'm very surprised Leo Lo and Jacob Slatter is not on your list, <laughs> uh, but you know I'll or settle I'll Harry settle for Sally. seven. Hey, Miss Sally's a, it's a fun movie, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't. It's great. It's, you know, it's good. It's good. It's good of its time. I mean, it's, I think it's great performance. You know, it is a really good movie. It's, that is like one of those movies that is the epitome of a romantic comedy. Well, that was one of the better movies of 1989. However, there's an even better movie from 1989 that's next up on Craig's list. Oh. Dead Poet Society. Well, no, that's, uh, that'll be coming up later, (laughs) but, uh, next. Big business. Big business. Big business. That might have been 88. Next week, uh, episode 94, we'll be discussing a 1989 movie by Cameron Crowe. Called Say A Lot. Uh, Say Anything is the name of the movie. Yeah, Say Say Anything anything followed by Ellipses. I gotta watch that one again, too. This is a uh, John Cusack movie. And uh, John Cusack, of course, the voice of my generation. Uh, He's been the surrogate for uh, me in several movies, and this... (laughs) Is probably my favorite. So also, Barbara Streisand's son is in this movie. That's right, Jason Gould. 
<laughs> the son of Elliot Gould and Barbara Streisand. Oh, wow. Whatever happened to him? Uh, I mean, Elliot Gould. Um, the, uh, no, no, I know he's been around. Uh, no, I was going to say, uh, uh, it, uh, say anything just because I won't be here for this podcast. I think I'm, uh, who knows if I'll be That's right. We did not invite you back no, for no, no, next week. It's a one-off. But, uh, 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 that, that movie's, uh, uh, put Peter Gabriel, uh, like, took, took, uh, that song in your eyes. Sure. Which I'm, I was a big, 86 was a, you say it was 89. 89. Well, 86 is when the song was released. Yep. And then it became uh, huge. It became iconic because of the, uh, the shot of Cusack holding the boombox. Lloyd Dobler, right? Lloyd Dobler. Lloyd Dobler. That's the song that they have sex to in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's why it's their song. So when they break up, you know, Uh, we'll get into all of this next week. Okay. Okay. Did they change the song to in? I've seen it before is the point. When they have sex, did they change the song to in your thighs? Should've. <laughs> Thank you very much to our guest Bob Dassey. And My we'll, pleasure. Uh, we'll talk to you next week on Craigslist. The list is an absolute good. The list is life.